So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But, you? but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. What's going on, everyone? I'm finally back from uh, whitetail hunting and had a cool trip down there. I'll go over that into a different podcast. Got to do lots of more arrow, uh, arrow, well, not arrow, but more broadhead testing, I guess, a little bit as far as veins, used a bunch of different veins. And uh, when I say testing, I, I kind of proving to myself more and more kind of what my choices were. With the three and a half hour marathon, whatever it was, broadhead review. But because, uh, I say because the winner uh, of that overall was uh, Evolution uh, Broadheads. And so I have Dale Perry, owner of Evolution, on the podcast with me. We're going to talk about some of my findings, um, some things that I just didn't want to talk about before. Um, I went on this whitetail hunt, not for any other reason other than I always like to get a little bit more uh, data, things like that. So Dale, welcome, welcome aboard. You've been on here before. We've, we've known each other since Christ was a kid, but thanks for coming on. No, I appreciate it. Um, it was fun to watch, uh, what you, uh, what you did whitetail hunting when the rest of us were all working and doing all that stuff. So, (laughs) (laughs) so with, uh, Dale's been on the podcast before. And so you can always go back and listen to other ones, but, uh, Dale, uh, started, a broadhead company years ago. Um, I guess it was Bloodsport or Gravedigger. What, what was, uh, what the hell was the name of the well, the name of the company? Yeah. The name of the company was no limit archery. Okay. And was, was interesting because you shot out of a shop with Phil Mendoza. Um, and his, the name of his shop was no limits archery. Um, and which was kind of really interesting. But and he's um, the one that actually showed yeah, me your and then I, He is, he is. And that, and, and one of the reasons we ended up in his shop is because we were buying some stuff from Scott archery in the release side. And I got a shipment of releases meant for him. And I'm like, wow, look at this, a box of like 25 releases. What am I going to do with these? Um, so we ended up figuring it out where they went and I called Phil and we got to talking and that's how he ended up carrying our product back then. But yes, I invented the design and, and produced the grave digger broadhead and it became blood sport. It is blood sport. Now when I sold the company in 2015. Yeah. Okay. And I had killed back then. That was like my broadhead of choice. Gritty was using them back then. Um, Dale's not saying this. I am. They went to shit shortly after. Well, not say shortly, but fairly quickly after Dale sold uh, the company. They weren't what they were at one time. So when Dale started up Evolution, I was pretty excited about it. Now, I'd used. Hmm, I don't want to misspeak here. I was trying to add up in my brain when I was doing this broadhead review of how many animals I've shot with. Uh, uh, grave diggers and evolutions, but evolution specifically. Um, and it's fairly significant uh, amount enough to where I, I've, I've always listed them in my top broadheads. And, uh, so one of the reasons I did this broadhead review, and I am going to be as gentle as I can on some of this stuff is there was some broadhead malfunctions <laughs> that have happened in the last 12 months, specifically the last two, 
with not only me, but guys I was with, guys I was guiding, as well as the amount of messages I get. Um, some of those malfunctions caused me to shift gears to a point. Ryan Rotier and I were in a vehicle not talking, and he finally looks at me and goes, dude, this, this is fucking driving me crazy. What happened? And I'm like... Yeah, bro. I don't, I don't know what happened. I've never seen that happen before. And that's not good. Right. And so we're going back and forth. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just going to run to ground a bunch of different heads. And obviously he and I were already had shot, were shooting, um, or a mixture of your head along with others. And so I knew immediately like, well, that's going to, that's going to run. Well, I called you you and I were shooting the shit and you said, you were like, Hey dude, I've got glue ins and an arrow system coming out. And I'm like, well, send it. I'll test that thing and go ahead. Like talk about what's what you've got now. Well, um, I'm a one sixty six diameter four millimeter, whatever you want to call it. Arrow guy. Also, um, I have been since, I don't, I don't think I've shot an animal in the last 10 years with anything other than that. So um, components are always the hardest part about that. And Horrible. Um, the problem is, is when you, when you produce a broadhead that's a glue in, they're, you know, twice as much in cost because they're twice as much a material. I mean, they're just that much longer. And so you're trying to figure out what the balance is. Are people going to, you know, pay for it? Are they willing to do this? And and so we went back and forth. Uh, one of the people that I talked to, and I believe I talked to you when we first started Evolution in 2019 um, about a glue-in. And your comments were, I think it'd be the best system in the world. You know, you just got to get it out there and get people to do it. Well, you know, finances and this and that and everything. And it, it ended up be, becoming a reality. It took us a little bit longer because we played with a few different things and did some testing and what steel to use. And we ended up using the same steel we use on our screw in steel broadheads, which is a four sixteen, but it's hardened and they're pretty much bulletproof. I've, I haven't bent one yet. Um, I've broken a couple arrows and just took the broadhead out um, and we just have a collar system that slides on to help protect the front of the arrow, which is super important in all the testing. Um, it really does protect the arrow. And so as far I, as a 166 system, I, I don't think there's a better one, stronger one out there. Yeah. And it's weird. Oddly enough, I have found you do not need a crazy overdeveloped collar to, get what you need out of a color system. Meaning I ran really big bastards on when I ran my stick bow and I didn't necessarily do that because of weight. A lot of times I just did it because I thought that you needed that really long collar for durability. And dude, you can almost take like there for a while I was screwing around. I was using uh, the little in cap thingy dingies that gold tip had for their knocks and using that on the other end. Um, it doesn't take, well, it doesn't take to that be much. honest with you. I did too in testing. So in testing, what I did was I took a glue in broadhead, no collar, shot it into a block wall with a 70 pound bow, 454 grain arrow and literally shot it into, I have a block wall that surrounds my house and I shot it into a block wall and the, the broadhead stuck like barely, uh, but it disintegrated using a gold tip pierce arrow disintegrated 
two inches of the arrow, just mushroomed it out. And I thought, okay, so you lost the penetration. You lost that forward momentum as soon as the arrow started collapsing. So then I took one of their knot collars, exactly the same thing. It's a little knot collar. There's no material there. It's just there. Put it on, shot, put it in a new arrow, shot it into the block wall again. And this time the, the front blade of our broadhead went into the wall and it disintegrated and I filmed it in slow motion and you see the knot collar blow up. Um, but it only disintegrated about an inch of the arrow, maybe even a little bit less. So that structure was enough to give more forward momentum and penetrate further. Well, then I took an old collar, I cut it down to a part where you could slide, you know, drill it out and put a, put a, uh, 166 shaft in from the broadhead. And it was only a half inch over the, over the end of the arrow. And it wasn't real thick, but it was structurally good. You know, um, I shot that into the block wall five times before I finally broke the arrow and it, the arrow just blew through the front half of that block each and every time. So just that little bit of structure, you don't need a steel collar. You don't, I mean, we use it. We have a 10 grain aluminum collar and we have a 30 grain steel collar. And the only reason we have a 30 grain steel collar is for weight. It doesn't, you don't ever need that kind of structure. Yeah. And so when I had done my testing, there was, you know, I had all just, in case the three and a half hours wasn't long enough, and I'll make this quick. Um, there was the, uh, I'm as quick as I can. I don't like 166 components, so I'm a big fan of glue-ins. Well, obviously, I've designed other systems with other companies, and I've always preferred the glue-in with the 166. On the, you know, mechanical side uh, of the, because I did a fixed and a, and a mechanical reviewed and obviously Dale does both. Uh, you know, you can, you can change the, the, the Jekyll and the Hyde. You can use the same ferrule, go from a fixed to a mechanical. One of the things on the mechanical I looked at initially was just impact durability. And, and I, I wasn't, I kind of stopped the brick wall shooting stuff. I just, it's cool to blow shit up, but I already know what's going to happen. Shit's going to get bucked up and you know, I'm like, wow, yeah, it broke, you know, but it does show a little bit as far as what's really durable. But my, my biggest is I wanted to take and figure out on impact the weakest portion of the ferrule and then figure out what that took to break each broadhead tested equally. So what I did is I just clamped uh, the bottom third into a vise, and then I took a D-loop material, ran a Prusik knot up the arrow nine inches, put a loop on it, and then I just pulled horizontally with the last chance bow scale, and then just wrote down the weight. I broke a fucking lot of broadheads doing this because you can't do it <laughs> once. You, you got to do it at least three times. So that's... Yeah. So you, you won on that one, and you can look at the broadhead and see why. You have a fixed blade head... You, you know, where, where most of the different companies have slots in them, your slot is being filled in that portion, the weakest portion, in my opinion, you, you've got a, you got a fixed blade broadhead blade there, right? So how it's built right. is because yours fold back, they, it's not the slip cam type technology, yours fold back. So it's more durable from that. So you won that. And then I did, uh, with plywood first how steep of an angle I could go and get the broad head to actually stick in the plywood. I will say laying carpet on the plywood is a significant difference because 
when you first well, you play significant with, difference. Yeah, it's got something to catch on. So you you won right. that. Right. You didn't win when there was carpet on as much because once you had that carpet on, they were all pretty close to the same. But without carpet, you won by far in the mechanical. Once you got to with carpet, it was pretty close, a couple degrees here and there. You know, like going out there trying yeah. to figure out the exact angle was comical. So I basically, um, <laughs> if you can imagine, I, I had a uh, more or less like a protractor. And I, I based it off of a protractor off of the the angle. So um, anyway, so I did that. Accuracy was easy. I mean, when I say accuracy was easy, I've already shot all of these broadheads a ton. And some companies will have flyers. They'll have a crooked ferrule, something like that. So for the most part, I, I knew that kind of stuff already. So accuracy spun them, made sure the arrow was good. I, I tested all the broadheads on the same arrow that I knew was cut true. Um, you know, so that you didn't necessarily win that one. You just tied a lot. There's other really <laughs> precise broadheads. So like, you know, when I was going through this, because <laughs> right. guys are like, he won everything. Right. I'm like, fuck, no, he didn't win everything. Nobody won everything. But like you, you were definitely as good <laughs> as everyone else. Right. So we, yeah. it, as I'm kind of, you know, going. I, I attribute that to AAE. Nick Fisher at AAE builds our ferals, and he is one of the most anal guys there is when it comes to precision. And that's why, that is why we build them here, build them in Arizona, and Nick does a hell of a job, and his crew does a hell of a job. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're good. So. Um, so, you know, consistency, all that stuff. Then noise in the quiver. Yours don't make any noise, so that was easy. Uh, there's other broadheads that didn't make noise. But the noise in the quiver thing irritates the living shit out of a lot of people, including me. So they don't rattle. Um, the next one's just straight damage, right? And so a photo I posted of on my story was it was the most devastating hole I've ever seen. I sent it to you. Now, it was quartering, so it was ripping down the ribs when it came out, but that hole was six inches long coming out. And when I hit it, it was not the greatest shot in the world. And it piled up in like 70 yards. I'm like, huh? Well, I was expecting to do a little tracking. That's interesting. Right. So I'm walking up to it and there's like shit falling out of it. And I'm like, Oh Jesus, that's, that's insane. So the way that your broadheads open the sweat black blade, I've always been a fan of where, you know, it's kind of curved back a little bit. Um, the way that your broadheads open, they don't sweep way back. Now, I've had people worried about that, I guess, maybe about certain things. And for me, that's more of a bonus, right? I get more damage from that. Correct. And and, and how I learned that um, was, and you were spot on, but how I learned that is when we designed the Grave Digger, the Grave Digger had a more swept back um, style. In fact, the inch, the cut when it was open was an inch and three quarters because they were swept back significantly. Um, then we had a demand for a broadhead without a front blade, just a straight up mechanical broadhead. Tim Gillingham loves them. They were called the Night Fury. And um, it was just that broadhead, the Gravedigger broadhead without a front blade, but to make it two inches, I didn't change the blades. I just changed the angle. So they were flatter. They weren't swept back as far. Well, what we, what we came to find out in not as testing as much because we really didn't test them. We knew the system worked. Everything was there. We just made them. 
um, guys were telling us the damage was incredible. And then the stuff that we started shooting, the damage was incredible. And, and we attributed that obviously to the, the angle of the blades because you don't lose. I had somebody the other day told me that my broadhead defies logic because it penetrates so well as a mechanical broadhead. And one of the reasons is because the way it penetrates, it opens on entry, not on impact. So it doesn't have to spend a lot of time cutting the skin. There's no dull edges. So when it gets in there and it's flat or not flat, because that's why they're curved, but flat or um, it just, it creates like a vacuum and it just destroys animals. Well, in this new design, I incorporated that, made the front blade smaller and incorporated that blade angle. And that's what we've noticed. The damage is just, it's devastating. And, and broadheads, and I've said it, you've heard me say it. I've said it on probably every podcast I've been on. Broadheads are about your bad shots, not your good ones. Yeah. Um, every broadhead's going to kill it if you shoot it through the heart or through through the lungs. It's just that simple. But when your broadhead saves you from making a not-so-perfect shot, that's what they should be designed for. And that's what that this product is designed for. No, that, that, uh, and I, you know, so when, when we were, we're going through all of this, obviously I already knew the broadhead was devastating <laughs> shots to stuff with it. The glue in portion was a big bonus for me. And then, um, you also offer arrows, which is a, a VAP TKO one six, six with your special sauce on it, which basically they're just oh oh ones, uh, that you're squaring off and everything else. So, that was a bonus. Yep. Um, one of the other things that we talked about that that really was a deciding factor because I've I've shot tons of other broadheads and and sever is the broadhead I've been shooting a lot was the chance of total failure and whether that's breaking or or whatever else. Um, when I say breaking, whether that's a feral breaking, which severs do not, severs are extremely durable. That is not an issue with sever or cl closing back up, you know, and we had that happen. Right. And, and when I say close back up, when I started to test, I would shoot through one piece of plywood and 12 inches after that piece of plywood, there would be another one and we would have cameras going off on both. And so what I was finding out, not all the time, okay, it would close back up. So was that happening at the rib cage? Was it, was it opening on the hide and then it was going through the ribs closing? And sometimes it would do that, that, you know, it would close back up. Um, you know, it's hard to film that without another point of impact is what I'm saying. Right. You, you, it, Got it. if right, you go right. through the first piece of plywood, you can't tell in, I can't tell in film if it closed back up. Now you can go up, you know, and, and mess with them and see if it's closed back up after it's hit the dirt or whatever. But I want to be able to film and see this. So one of the reasons where I'm like, okay, and, 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 and other broadheads as well, with the failure portion of this, when Rotier and I were going over it, and there was other things that happened and user feedback or whatever, I'm like, okay, I need, I need something that is never going to fail, right? Like that I, no matter what. So, which obviously really put you above, um, that because I, I've never had yours fail, right? They're, they're always, you know what I mean? They're always going to open. So having said all that, right. I also have been testing a bunch of other broadheads. So, you know, 
wounded a buck when I was down there, not with your broadhead. I, the first buck I killed was at a fairly good distance, farther than I'm going to say. It wasn't like 100 yards or anything, but it's pretty far for a whitetail. But he was lip curling and wasn't paying attention to me, and he took it on a cornering two frontal uh, between the shoulder and the neck, buried in his rear quarter. And when it ran off, I'm like, man, did I pass through? Did I mean, you know, you see what you want to see. Look like a good hit, right? Um, took off and it was kind of limping and piled <laughs> up. And, like a good hit. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. And that's no shit. So, but what had happened is I, I blew through, didn't really hit anything on the entry, right? If you split that front shoulder, not a lot of, you're not losing much there, but it broke no, his offside no. rear hip. So, and when I say broke it, it shattered that rear leg bone. And so when he ran off and was limping, I'm like, huh, this is interesting. So then I can't find the arrow. Well, that's because it was stuck in the rear hip, hip on the inside of it, right? So piled up 70, 80 yards, didn't go far. Like, all right, cool. Hit that doe. You know, I'd already done shot a bunch of stuff with this. But then I had shot some other broadheads at pigs in a, in a doe when I was down there, and I wounded a buck. And it, it kind of reaffirmed what I was already, you know, thinking, because obviously like when you choose to say something is the best, it's not necessarily always the best at everything. Or if somebody's shooting, I don't know, what would you say? 26 inch draw at 45 pounds. I'm not going to tell them to shoot your mechanical. It might tell them to shoot your fixed blade, but I'm not going to tell them to shoot your mechanical. There's a certain level where a mechanical just takes too much momentum, whatever that is, you know, level. Right. So Energy-wise. Energy-wise, right. right. And so I'm always testing stuff. Well, I wounded this this buck, which was super depressing, and it wasn't with your head. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just like reaffirming, right, that, it, you know, whatever, like making me a war more warm and fuzzy. Uh, and and, and it, it's with broadheads, you selling them and me answering a million and a half questions, there are a lot of good broadheads on the market. We we tested all even a NAP Spitfire still works. Just what works best, yeah. right? Like, um, and so when I was talking about this, there was a little bit of confusion, um, which is my fault. Just after three and a half hours of talking, you you think you're being articulate and you're not. I had said, you know, the overall winner for the mechanical was the glue in system. And so explain a little bit how you heard that because I had two or three people when I about your screw-in broadhead. And they were like, well, if the glue-in one, why didn't the screw-in? I'm like, what are you talking about? So you got a little feedback on that as well. So <laughs> I did. I did. I had some people ask because – and let's see if I can remember this, how, how you said it. Because it was in your closing comments. It was after, you know, like you said, three and a half hours of talking to John – and um, <clears throat> you said, as far as the screw-in system or a screw-in broadhead, um, what pushed Dale over the top or evolution over the top was the glue-in system. So people were taking um, the, the screw-in didn't win, but the glue-in did. And so how I took it... Um, because I'm on the positive side of things. If everybody had just a screw-in system, we would have won. But a screw-in system in a 166 is not as good as a glue-in system. So you were willing to sacrifice the broadhead aspect for the glue-in system of another product. So glue-ins, we won. Screw-ins, we won. 
comparative to each other. Yes. So that's that's how I looked at it, and I believe that's that's what you now, and that is what I meant. And you know, also, you know, like the broadhead is the same broadhead. So I was, people are like, is it different? And I'm like, ah, the broadhead is the same broadhead. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I obviously fucked this up a little bit. Now, you know, when you, when you, when you look at this, like I, I think I had said Levi's two, six, one Schwacker, um, was the screw in broadhead. And that was just all the things I talked about on the podcast, right? Rattling in the quiver, accuracy, everything else. But mm-hmm. the non-entry hole portion of Levi's can be a problem, especially you have a high entry, no exit. And so, yes, the the evolution screw in or glue in uh, would, would win both, ex- except the way I worded it was confusing to people. But... <laughs> Figured, you know, we can talk about that now because honestly, for the first week, I didn't hear anything, and then a few people mentioned it, and I, I'm like, ah, yeah, I guess it's not like I listened to it it's again. People weren't getting through the whole three and a half hours of podcast. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably that too. <laughs> they would so. listen to 45 minutes and then have to do another 45 minutes to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, on the fixed plate portion too, um, you know, the the. The cutthroat three blade and your your fixed blade were the two that were like my favorite. The cutthroat three blades a little more durable. Yours is a little more accurate. And when I say a little more accurate, I can shoot yours easily out to eighty, and that's pretty hard to do with a, a fixed blade, um, and not have any issue. I would have to say your fixed blade is the most accurate I've ever shot, and. It is extremely durable. Now, keep in mind when I say the cutthroat three blade, which I'm a fan of that. I helped design that. It is a solid piece. So a solid is, well, unless it's tempered incorrectly, it's always going to win over multiple pieces. Having said that, there's pros and cons to both. So talk about your fixed blade broadhead a little bit because I hardly ever talk about that thing. Well, our our fixed blade, the Jekyll, and and we we did this because – the name came up Jekyll and Hyde, one person, two, two personalities. Um, and uh, so that's what this is, fixed and mechanical. There's there's people on one side of the fence and there's people on the other side of the fence and they will never cross that fence. Um, and so uh, when I when I came up with the concept of being able to switch the blades in and out, all of that had to do with the locking system <laughs> and uh, the way the broad is designed and how accurate we can get it machined. Um, but one of the features that I wanted in a fixed blade, because you do go back to, you know, 40 pounds, 25 inch draw length, whatever that may be, or a, a guy that's shooting 50 pounds and all he's going to hunt is big old giant hogs. And he wants as much penetration as he can get. Um, those people don't usually get pass throughs. And, um, a curved blade, first of all, penetrates better than a straight blade. It just does, um, unless a straight blade is super swept back. Or, I mean, not swept back, but, you know, a three-to-one Zwicky-style blade, um, Kudu-style blade. And in that, um, what happens is I sharpen the front blade all the way around, which I wanted anyway. And then when we did the main blade, we sharpened it all the way around also. So if the broadhead is, does stay in the animal, it is doing a tremendous amount of damage while it's in there. 
because it's cutting at every single angle. And uh, we had a young lady two years ago shoot a bull. She thought she made a great shot. She didn't. They found the bull 150 yards from where it was, and she had shot it. And the, I guess the bull had spun, and then it went in, got into the guts, but basically started working its way back out and just destroyed him. And he went 150 yards and laid down and just wouldn't get back up again. And they walked up and shot it. And so that's the kind of stuff that we try to do. Um, even Levi's taken the slacker and has changed it to a curved blade. Um, and they penetrate better. They just, they cut better, they penetrate better. And so that's, that's kind of the whole design behind the, the Jekyll. Yeah. And so. with that Jekyll, I've only shot, I don't know, not very many with a compound. I just, I shoot mechanicals normally. I haven't shot that much. Right. Shot they three, cut a bigger hole. Yeah. I shot three pigs when I was down there. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not, I mean, I just don't, I just don't shoot fixed blades as often. Um, they are accurate, right. but you know, with, with one thing people have trouble wrapping their head around me cause I use so much different crap is, you know, when I switch, some people will say, Oh, well, the first thing's obviously the way the industry, I totally get it. It's money. Um, Oh, they're paying them more. Definitely not the case here. Um, although Dale, if you ever want to pay me, I'll take it. Um, it's literally, there are certain things that change and whether that's a uh, manufacturer changed how something's built, something they changed out blades or whatever. And so for me, my buddy, Scotty Rotier, killers that I know, we, you know, get friends of mine that guide or outfit. When we start to see a pattern of something going wrong, you, we switch, right? I mean, you, 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 you potentially switch, you, mm -hmm. you look into it, you figure it out and then you, you switch. And so there was multiple reasons for me doing this broadhead review. Again, just certain things we've seen over the last few months, other feedback I'd gotten from people and, and just like video from listeners and, and, you know, I do Q and A's. And so I'm like, okay, I just need one system to, you know, for me, like that's going to do everything I want it to. I don't do multiple bow setups and arrows. Like I do one arrow for every animal. Um, you know, some guys will do I, it. I do the exact same thing. I don't, I don't do multiple. I do one. Yeah. And I, I just always try to one stay arrow. around 280, uh, 280 feet per second. I always try to be 465 to 500 grains, depending upon how much weight I'm shooting and everything else. Cause I, I, I feel good around 280, you know, with that, I mean, I feel comfortable shooting your mechanical for anything in North America. And people always ask about moose. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, I've shot moose, but I've shot bison. I've, you know, I, I've never shot a Asian water buffalo. You know, I've never, that, I don't know. I might have to change some shit up, shoot a fixed blade. But I mean, I've seen people shoot moose at 65 pounds and a 450 grain arrow with a mechanical and do fine. And I'm not saying do that, but I, I just, I've we been, killed. go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. I, I, people, there's a level where you don't want to shoot a mechanical, in my opinion. It's just not at the level where most people think. Go ahead. Yes. And so, again, we, well, I'm going to jump back to the defy logic. There's nothing on our broadhead to slow it down. So, and, and most mechanicals get slowed down on the hide. Um, 
you've how, how many animals have you caped out? Okay, the worst thing in the world, caping out an animal, is getting through the hair. Yeah, with your knife, it's the hardest part. You you try to avoid it. You try to pull pull it all to the side. You try to do all that stuff. Well, think about uh, most mechanicals on the market have a dull edge, and when they hit that, that's that's what they're trying to push. That they're in there, and it drains. Um, all the energy that they have trying to make that happen. We don't have that. So as far as moose, I mean, we've had a lot of moose killed with our broadhead, um, with the, the hide. Um, uh, actually, I think we have six or seven bison um, that have been killed with the hide. We actually have an Asian water buffalo killed with the hide at 65 yards. Um, Nick Fisher did that. Um, and so... Yeah, as far as like what you said, there's there's pretty much nothing in North America. I shoot 72 pounds, 28 and a half inch draw length. I shoot a 454 grain arrow. Um, there's nothing that I wouldn't shoot with that setup in North America. And my, you know, my daughter, she shoots 46 pounds. She's a 26 inch draw length, um, and she completely shot through a black bear, you know, 250 pound, 300 pound black bear. Um, we never did find the arrow that hunt. They found it the next hunt. Um, but, uh, and she shot the hide. So it's just, it doesn't, the hair is the hardest thing to get through. And people don't understand that when you're shooting certain mechanicals and we don't have that issue. It's, it's weird. But that's kind of the whole design. I mean, I live in Arizona, and this broadhead was designed to shoot elk. I shot my bull this year, 55 yards, complete pass through. We never did find the arrow. We looked for 45 minutes and never did find the arrow. Three people. So, yeah, I, I penetration is not an issue. No, and I, you know, that the last buck that I shot, and. I know a lot of people don't like frontal shots, but I do like them and I will take them whenever I chance I get. <laughs> um, and especially out of a tree stand, if I get a buck coming in and, and that last buck that I killed was like, a, I don't know, he's probably like mid 130, high 138 point. I would say so somewhere in there. He's a decent buck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had a little shithead eight point below me, some does. I saw him cross a couple hundred yards in front of me, hit the horns and man, I was not ready. Uh, I couldn't get the horns put away fast enough. And as much as I get made fun of, I have those black rattling antlers that are not actual antlers. I've packed around many sets of actual antlers and that the, the black (laughs) people make fun of me for them. Dude, I like them. They got handles. There's horns on either end. You can really, (laughs) I saw them on your pack in the picture. That's the first time I see them. Oh dude, they're money for whitetail. And so I hit those. I'm trying to set them on the tree behind me. I'm like in an Oak tree. Deer's coming fast. And so the way my wind was pushing, you know, I'm like, okay, he's coming straight down the trail at a trot. And I'm like, he runs under me. I'm going to shoot him literally straight down right below the neck and blow his heart out. Well, he's, he stopped and curved cause he's, he's those, that other buck took off and he curved the way the does went, right. He's, he's obviously gonna go after them. So when he curved, right. uh, you know, to me, I was like, I'm just going to shoot it straight through his shoulder. And because uh, I, you know, I, I hate when people try to cheat the system and shoot as close 
to the shoulder behind the shoulder on a cornering two. That's a bad, that's a recipe for disaster for me. That's the, I'd go to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the other side. So I'm going to shoot him through the middle of the chest. Yep. And I hammered it. So I hammered him like high scap, um, you know, into the scapula. So I blew his front scapula through that. And then it exited basically out the liver lung on the other, you know, side. And, you know, when I hit it, he actually whirled backwards, but my arrow, um, you know, as far as the penetration goes, it, it, it X'd him. So I, I had barely an exit hole, meaning penetration wise. So I had the hole that you would think you would have from an exit hole, but the arrow didn't go all the way through. So I can see it's like fletching sticking out of his shoulder. And I, this is the, actually the first one of your arrows. It broke to shit. And I mean, I, I broke all over because it's shoulders flipping in circles and you know, whatever. So like <laughs> well, it, yeah. it broke off the top three inches where it was sticking through that scap. So when it runs off, I see, and I do not have eagle eye vision. I'll be the first one to say. So I see, the halo knock and the fletching fly out. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? I, I know I got more penetration. There's no way that arrow fell out. So I, again, I, I mean, this is more comical than anything. Like, so I'm in a tree stand thinking maybe I screwed up, right? Like maybe that did not, I mean, cause it was 18 yards away and it pile drove that thing, just rocked it. So then I see the arrow that I think is the arrow fly out and there's the halo knock laying there, you know, 50 yards out or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, I arrow, the deer runs up the hill, falls over. I'm like, well, I definitely hit it. Like I thought. So I get up there, I find my knock and then I'm like, did I hit it where I was aiming? So I get up to it and it blew through the, so the T of the scap, it blew through the neck side of the T. I didn't hit the T. I hit the other side. So a fairly beefy portion wow. of the scapula. Yeah. Um, where I would tell people not to shoot, I was about three inches to the right, probably because I was shitting my pants, of where I wanted to be. Um, <laughs> but it blew through it. And, I mean, I didn't get a pass through. I did have an exit hole, but it didn't blow all the way through. And so, you know, when I'm when I'm going – you know, to, when I'm cleaning it out, the, 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 the arrow actually was still inside of it. So I think when he fell, that impact pushed the arrow back in because there's blood coming out and I'm like looking for my arrow. And then I, I'm like, it, I, I see the blood. Like I, I know where it ran. Well, we cut it open and the arrow was still, you know, inside. So I think what happened, the broadhead yeah. was sticking yeah. out when it hit, it pushed it back in. Probably, probably. And that's, and that's, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like I killed, they killed a buck and it talks about penetration and stuff like that. But I, sh I shot a buck in, in Mexico last year and, and, uh, I shot him right through the scapula and it basically went through both scapulas right above, right above the knuckle. And he ran, you know, 50 yards and fell over dead. And I thought when I saw, when I, cause I videoed it in slow motion, I thought the arrow bounced off or bounced back. And I'm like, what in the world? And what I saw was it hit so hard. It popped the knockout oh, and the yeah. knock came flying back at me. And so that's, that's what I saw, you know? And then I could, when I really looked, I could see the arrow land on the other side, but um, yeah, it's weird how you, things look different, you know, Yeah, when they actually happen. 
Yeah, no, and I, you know, when you when you talk about shooting the, the scapula too, like that is not. I mean, I, I with my setups, I'm not afraid to dig up into the shoulder on a lot of animals. And you know, when I say that, if if I got a broadside shot, I'm in. You know, they call it whatever the golden triangle, the the V. You know, I'm usually mm-hmm. actually even a little deeper into that V than most people would like. Like I'm aiming at the shoulder a lot of times because I've never had a problem blowing through a front shoulder on most animals, mule deer, whitetail, things like that on the inside of the T of the scap. And so for people, if you've never broke down an animal, when you look at a scapula, uh, there is a 90 degree T or a the, the, the T bone portion of the scapula. So the scapula is flat. And then there's a fairly thick, probably three quarters of an inch deep or more, um, I say bone, but scapula coming off that T. I'm doing a horrible job explaining it, but don't hit that fucker because it's not going through. That T of that scap is a <laughs> penetrating uh, killer, right? But on the inside or yeah. towards the ass of the animal, I've zipped through that thing with on most animals without a problem. On the other side, that takes a bit more you know, penetration and ass to, to do it. I don't suggest it, but... You know, again, I blew I blew straight through it. Seventy five pounds with a four hundred. I think my arrow is four hundred eighty four grains, and uh, I'm shooting your your two inch, not your your white tail fury, but your standard. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, standard hide, no problem. But I had a lot of people ask if I was using that white tail fury. I, I didn't talk about that head. It's just a bigger cutting diameter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's all it is. Um, it's. Uh, I mean, whitetail guys talk about, well, I want a big entry hole or a big exit hole or, or bigger possible because I'm only shooting 28 yards or whatever the, the distance is that a lot of these people shoot. And so um, we just, I just came up with a, they're just longer blades. So closed, they're the exact same dimension of a Jekyll. They're one inch, they, so they stick out one inch. Um, which is the main blade of a Jekyll, and then open their two and three eighths. Um, they're not meant for multiple shots because we tried to keep them close to the same weight. They're three and a half grains heavier than a regular hide. Um, but we just wanted bigger entry holes, and because of the because of the um, shape of them and how far they stick out, it just creates a bigger hole. I mean, I most deer I've shot, well, every deer I've shot since last year I've killed with that broad end. And it just leaves massive, massive holes. You know, you talk about three inches from one to another. I shot a, another buck in Mexico quarter and away and he kept turning and he kept turning and I was already at full draw and I was using a hinge and I was going, uh, can I make this shot? Can I make this shot? And I'm trying to tuck it. He was, hard quartering away and i tried to tuck it just inside his his leg his back leg to get his front leg and it went actually through the back leg and out his guts but that broadhead cut such a big hole that i could see guts hanging 10 feet after i hit him it just ripped him out the other side and so i'm like that deer's dead you know it wasn't a great shot um perfectly honest with you but um it was 22 yards or 23 yards and so it wasn't a hard shot and just uh i just tried to squeeze it in there and like you my heart was pumping you can you can hear me breathing pretty hard on the camera 
Um, so, uh, so, so actually you may even hear me say, calm down, calm down, calm down. Cause he was a big old buck. He was a, you know, 110 inch coos deer. So he was, he was a big old deer. So, um, but yeah, it's, that's, that's what the, they do. That's what the white tail theories are for. They're, I don't recommend them on elk or big game, big, big animals because the blades just aren't structurally as strong, um, because they are longer. Um, but uh, for deer, antelope, that kind of stuff, they fly just like a jekyll. Um, they fly great, and so, so so we've we've had a lot of success with them. We've actually a lot of our purchases this last part of the last couple months from the whitetail guys have been those. So, would tell everybody about the arrows um, with the system you have going on with that. So, so basically, we teamed up with Victory. Um, we did a run with uh, the Victory, T, you know, VAP TKO, um, which I have shot, like I said, probably the arrow I've shot other than when I was at Bloodsport um, um, that I've exclusively shot over the last 15 years. And so um, in doing that, I believe in the system completely. Um, and um, so we have, a bunch of those arrows. We have them in four different spines, 400, 350, 300, and 235. We do have V1s and V3s. You can buy them by the dozen from us. Uh, You can buy veins. We sell a veins with our logos printed on them. And then you can buy broadheads and build them yourself, um, which is a little bit cheaper. Or you can have us do it. Um, and we will recommend an arrow build for you. And what we ask for you to do is, is give us your specs, you know, what your carbon to carbon is, what your draw length is, what bow you're shooting, what poundage you're shooting, what's your typical game that you're shooting. And we will build you like you do, like I do an arrow build that should cover all aspects of it. And what we've found to be the most consistent there are heavy guys you know heavy arrow guys ranch ferry whatever there are light arrow guys you know and uh, so at the end of the day i believe there's a happy medium and what we like to see is between 14 and 18 percent front of center um with the correct arrow weight or your setup and that tends to get you the best overall performance penetration wise, flight wise, not something that drops off the planet, you know, at longer ranges. And, uh, we will build that. We'll custom cut it. We'll fletch it. We'll do whatever you want and they will come to you ready to shoot. So the, what I have, I, you know, and I didn't even look to you how, when I built mine, I don't know if I have the V one or the V three arrows. Gotcha. Um, I shouldn't say this because then nobody will order your V1s. As long as the spine's consistent, that's the most important thing. Uh, having said that, only order the V1s if that's what Dale tells you to do. But I, uh, <laughs> I no, no, that's <laughs> not true. I, I I wouldn't say that because I agree with you. V3, if a V3, because because we cut when we build an arrow, we don't just cut it your length and go. We square it. We check the run out. We check everything and and arrows. Even if it's a V1 and a V3, consistently where you get wobble in an arrow is at the ends. 
and we, in our system, we have a way to check all that and we'll cut the ends off both sides to match. And, and so they're all good. A V3 system, there are a handful of people on the planet that can tell the difference between the two. Most hunters cannot. And, you know, with that, be honest with you. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And I, I am not one of those people that can tell the difference. And I mean, I can shoot good. I just can't shoot that good. And when I say good, like if I'm like a paper plate or smaller at 80, that's, that's my ability. You know, yeah. those Instagram photo days, I might be a little bit better than that, but <laughs> overall, like if I throw a paper plate up at 80, you know, cold bore or not, I can wad some arrows in there and not very often going to miss it, but sometimes I will. The thing is, though, is there's some people be for their mental psyche, and there's nothing wrong with this. They want the best. They want the straightest. There's nothing wrong with that either. Like hundred percent. It and and that's where I used to. I be. know a lot of those guys. Oh yeah, I mean, I I used to do that, and then now I don't worry about it as as much. It certainly doesn't bother me. Like when I ordered all this stuff, you know, from you, um, you know, my biggest thing was the, you know, I wanted that glue in. 166 system. I, that was like, okay. And so mm-hmm. you had squared them up and everything for me uh, already. So I, all the shit that I normally have to do, I didn't have to do any of that, which was great. So I just was fletching and gluing and I was trying out the new saber vein um, from DCH. And then I was trying the uh, air razor, which Nick's probably tired of me bringing that up because I'm sure his phone's ringing like crazy. They're not out with it yet, so don't uh, Google it. You're not going to find them. Um, that's AAE's <laughs> new hunting vein. ATA. What's They'll that? Be at ATA. Yeah, they'll yeah. be at ATA. They'll be at ATA. Uh, probably the quietest <laughs> vein ever built. Um, you know, and I, you know, when they went, there's the negative side to those is if you if you shoot them through a target, they get waves. I will say I put one arrow through three animals and I sent that photo to Nick, no waves from going through animals, none. So, you know, if I wadded it up in the ass cheek or something, maybe, but I mean, everything I hit, there was no waves. I just clean them off. And I think some of the photos I sent you, there was probably a bloody air razor on there or whatever. But, um, uh, that was like the quietest system that I had had found was that air razor, your head, one six six. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the best all around. And you know, shooting cracked out whitetails, you definitely start to find out what bow and what arrow system and vein system is loud and what's not, because little bastards get out of the way quick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. It's crazy how fast they can move. Yeah, yeah. It uh with the recurve, I remember shooting one aiming at the lungs facing to the right and it died right where it stood with my arrow sticking out of its neck on the left side. Tell you how fast that thing moved around by the time my arrow got it at 18 (laughs) yards. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, I, I I killed a buck at 30 yards with a compound and the exact same thing happened. He was looking at his quarter to me and I hit him on the other side in the spine. Yeah, they get they get out of the way quick. It's crazy. Yep. Uh, well, man, I don't want to keep you on here for too too long. Is there anything else? Your new release? We did a podcast about that. I had some of the prototypes, but mm-hmm. you, you've released those now. I have to say, we we have we we sold out. <laughs> yeah, they look good, and we are in production now. Yeah, we're in production now. Um, we will actually have two different sizes. This will be the first anybody hears about this, but we will have two different sizes for them. And um, they will be available at the first of the year. 
So we are already in production. So everything is going along just fine. Yeah. And I bounced back and forth with that release. I was using, I use a Longhorn Hunter Micro. And I, cause I remember you give me shit. Cause I, about half the time I was going back and forth. Cause I got that release right before I went to BC. You gave it to me. Um, right. Literally when I was leaving. And then, so I hadn't had a chance to shoot it that much because up there I wasn't really shooting at all um, other than that goat. And then when I got back, I was flinging arrows, you know, back and forth through, you know, uh, at the house uh, with your release. It hits the, the anchor point and everything hits the same. My biggest thing is I got to shoot it more. I broke my right hand three different times. Uh, I have a rod in there and it's all, so my one finger, I had to kind of reinvent the wheel to recock that thing. So I wanted to make sure I could cock it quickly if I had a follow-up arrow. And it, there's only two ways to teach people something. Blunt force trauma, meaning somebody hit me in the back of the head, or repetition. <laughs> so I was really screwing around with getting that. And I've got it now, but I, I can't get that one uh, <laughs> uh, to reload it like you had, you, you had showed me because my, my finger does not work correctly. So. Oh, yeah. Well, the newer ones, the newer ones, actually, they're, they're even easier. They they are. We've we changed some springs around, and and you can you'll you'll like them a lot when when we have them here. Like five minutes. So, um, yeah, they're good. I, I'm pretty happy with, really happy with the way they they've come out. Yeah, the the final look is good. I have my you know minor prototypes, so they're not as clean. I, I had a I had I had right. envy when you had sh I saw the picture and showed it. I was like, man, that thing came out super smooth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they did. They came out really nice. Mm -hmm. but no, other than that, I mean, we are, uh, um, we got great stuff. I mean, the the turkey heads. We didn't really talk too much about those, and the turkey heads. Uh, I wanted something that, you know, uh, people say, okay, what do you shoot a turkey with? Well, you have basically a guillotine or a head loppers type of rod head, and then then you really don't have much else and you don't want to pass through on a, on a Turkey. And if you do, you want as much damage as you did. So with our system, I created some blades that only deploy to, um, cause basically the way they're cut, um, only deploy to 80 degrees. So they still face forward, but they're three inches in diameter when they deploy and they fly like a field point. I killed the bird at 62 yards with it. Um, cause they're super accurate. And it just, they're super devastating. So um, anywhere the shit, shit to shoot anything else, though, because their blades are, are thin, but they're awesome on birds. I mean, they just really are awesome on birds. Yeah, I've actually so, never, um, I've never used those okay. if I, I'll have to try them out if I go this spring. Yeah, because when people yeah, ask me, turkey you know, tags, yeah. yeah, I'm like, shoot the, you know, biggest cutting diameter broadhead you can and make sure it's dull. And like, dull? I'm like, you don't want the right. arrow to go through. <laughs> Right. That, and that's the true fact. And, um, cause you want it to, to stick so they can't fly away. And, um, so, but yeah, I've, we've killed a few birds with them now. We sold, we sold a bunch of them. We came out with them right during turkey season. So they really didn't get out fast enough, but, uh, this next year, I think, uh, I think they will be pr pretty popular. Yeah. So. Well, right on, man. I appreciate it. Um, I should probably go do some real life work here actually that's not true i'm gonna go back and jack around with those those veins i showed you um earlier and oh yeah mess around yeah. With those a little bit more but um but man i appreciate everything and uh yeah everybody the broadheads definitely check them out uh it's a little confusing 
Um, it's easiest if you're going to Google, just type in ev- evolution broadheads because there's a bunch of different evolution archery outdoor crap that pops up. So type in evolution broadheads. In there, there are. Dude, it's confusing as crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. You might want to look into that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's weird because like when you type it up, there's a bunch that pop up. And so you can, I found the easiest way is just type in evolution broadheads and then you'll see evolution outdoors and you click on that. Um, but definitely super, super badass broadheads and, and, uh, yeah. And obviously I've been shooting them one version or another for 2014, I think was when we started maybe 15. I think, I think it was 2013, 13. Trying to think. Yeah. Cause you're right. After we came out. Yep. Because, uh, Phil shot his Ram in 14 and I was shooting them the year before that. So yeah. Yep. That is, that is correct. So. Yes, sir. Well, cool, well, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate having me on and everything you do. Oh yeah. Yeah, of course, man. I, uh, I'm sure we'll do another one of these in the next few months, but yeah, thanks again. Definitely everybody check out the broadheads and the arrow system and, uh, I'll be doing more videos and things like that with arrow builds just, uh, helps people when it's not fresh, people don't like to search backwards. So I'll be doing some arrow build videos and things like that. What veins I'm using soon. So thanks for hopping on, man. And uh, appreciate everybody listening in.